Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome, Brewer fans, to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Scott, start this thing off. All right, uh, let's see. Scott's here, Craig's here, uh, Vince is on sabbatical, Craig's on sabbatical, or Chad's on sabbatical, Tom Carter is giving us great inside anonymous information, but he doesn't want us to use his name, and we're going to talk about, what, potential potential trade candidates coming up at the deadline. Finally, right? That's what everybody wants to hear. What are we going to do to make this team better? Yeah. All right. So here we are. Um, well, let's start off by congratulating the two Milwaukee Brewers All-Stars, and that would be reigning NL Cy Young Award champion Horbin Burns, whose name is an All-Star, and also best closer in Brewer history, Josh Hader, also made the All-Star game. Unfortunately for Brewer fans, um, Josh Hader will be missing the All-Star festivities and our game due to family responsibilities. And also, most of the times that I miss out on the podcast or um, miss, uh, seem like I'm off, it's mostly because I'm overwhelmed with those same type of things, family responsibilities. Anyway, so... Yeah, I got the same thing here with with this dog, Penny, I mean, she's only one year old. She's out of control, you know? <laughs> so yeah, we all have, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure your kids are probably more well-behaved than my dog, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of responsibility for all of us, but we try to get through it. I and mean, we're not, this isn't a slight against Josh Hader. He is a new one. That's less than a year old. So I think you, I don't know. I've never been a parent, but I assume it requires a lot. <laughs> exactly i don't know i'm unprepared for parenthood still all right so let's let's do a quick recap unfortunately i think none of us guessed the brewers were going to be turds last week during the homestand um we lost up took two or three from us at home and the pirates took two or three from us at home it was a two and four week and it was terrible and somehow we're still in to lead to the division because the Cardinals has had a terrific, pretty horrific 10 game stretch themselves during that same period of time. And we've been able to hold a two game lead going into today's taping, which is I think the 12th of July. So in fact, I think it might be Chad's birthday today. Now I think about it. It's definitely this week. So happy birthday to Chad. Um, happy birthday, Chad. Yep. I think it might be today. Well, anyway, um all right so um i i guess do we need to talk about any all-star brewer snubs i mean besides hunter renfro i know vince mentioned but no no chad's birthday is in a couple days yet also but um no uh let's see hunter renfro no i don't think he was quite as snubbed as we may have played it out to be but I don't think anybody was really snubbed at all for the Brewers. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so 
I guess it's a little bit shocking to realize that the Brewers don't have an offensive all-star this year. It's a little bit alarming, but... Uh, uh, oh. It's alarming, but not shocking at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a, I guess... I would have been shocked if anybody did make it, any of our bats, but yeah. So the draft is not happening yet. It's coming up uh, this Sunday here before the All-Star game. And the Futures game is also that game. I want to give kudos to a couple of Brewer prospects who made the Futures game this year, and that would be 18-year-old Jackson Trio, all-fielder. He's going to actually be the youngest player in the All-Star game. He's having a breakout season, formerly signed out of Venezuela. So, in fact, we'll talk about him on our next episode. I have a prospect profile. He went from outside the uh, MLB's top 100 prospects to now being midseason ranked 20th overall prospect in baseball by MLB, actually by Baseball America. MLB.com ranked him, I think, 38th or something. But anyway, so that's pretty exciting. We'll talk about that in our next episode, hopefully. But kudos to him for making the Futures game. Also, Left-handed relief pitcher and Tony Kelly made the Futures game as well. And, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about both those guys on future future episodes, but hopefully Brewer fans can catch them at the Futures game this year. So nice. Couple of couple of Brewer representatives, both at the All-Star game and at the Futures game. It's awesome. So good luck to all of them coming up. And, um, well, Going into the break, then, the Brewers obviously are going to be neck and neck with the St. Louis Cardinals for a division lead, which is basically where we were at prior to the start of the season. And we kind of knew going in that the rest of the teams weren't going to be a factor. And that's kind of how it's played out. I think that we weren't two two factors. I don't think we thought the Brewers' offense was going to be this bad. And we also were had the unfortunate that Freddie Peralta has missed significant time and Brandon Woodruff has pitched or missed significant time. So having two of our three aces out for a good portion of the year uh, has led us to, to find out that we don't have much starting pitching depth, so to speak. And somehow we've been able to maintain, you know, in first place for a good portion of the first half when, and, you know, I think we were teetering on, tanking parts of the season because of our of, of health. So I think the Brewers are lucky to be in the position that they are. Um, however, I know, Scott, you wanted to point out, I know that we spent all offseason talking about potential free agent targets, and, of course, the Brewers signed none of them. But we did sign Andrew McCutcheon to a one-year deal, um, and we traded for Hunter Renfro. So those are kind of our two big offseason moves. I don't – known that those were earth-shaking moves and we didn't think so at the time. However, some of the guys that we did, we were clamoring for for them to trade aren't necessarily having spectacular seasons while some of them are. Did you want to review some of those, Scott? Um, I did. I just wanted to look at like kind of what people like just really, really briefly, just look at what essentially what was our, our sort of wish list in the off season and people that we thought were kind of targeted uh, and just kind of see how we're doing just so that we get an idea just because I mean obviously it seems like every year I always like throw out some random like big name free agent acquisition that we're never going to sign but um, it's kind of interesting to take a look back and just think about how 
Um, obviously, a couple of these guys could have probably really helped us, but um, a couple of them could have, you know, potentially um, made it like a, a pretty significant payroll issue and we would have got next to nothing out of them. So I don't know. I was just briefly thinking, I mean, we could throw some names out there. I don't, um, I just think, um, let's see. Well, Chris Bryant was probably one of the names that was uh, at least thrown out there. Um, he's had a pretty, pretty terrible season so far. Um, Eddie Rosario was another one. He has barely played this year. And he's, he's unfortunately, he's had some kind of crazy injury with his eyes or something. I don't know what's going on with him, but um, he's not hitting. And, but he's finally coming back, so we'll see. He's kind of an incomplete, I suppose. Um, the only names that I could think of, just looking at all the possible free agents that, that the Brewers had any chance of signing, that would have been like a decent signing for us so far. Like obviously just for these first few months was probably either Kyle Schwarber or um, the one that you were really, um, you were really trying to see if we could get this guy with Jorge Soler. I mean, he's having a, a great year. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, on all this craziness. Yeah. I don't know that he's having that great of a year. He's seeing 217 with 13 bombs, but um, he, has, <laughs> he has been injured also. Um, so, obviously, Renfro's numbers are better than that, uh, and who we did also trade for. But, yeah, I mean, the, the problem is signing some of the bigger-name guys like Chris Bryant and, obviously, Nick Castellanos was out there. and. Kyle Schwarber, but they were requiring, you know, five plus year contracts at many, many millions of dollars. And the Brewers, I don't think as the small market team, since we already have so much tied up in Yelich, could have afforded to make a mistake by signing one of those guys on a long-term deal and then turning turning into a pumpkin type of, so to speak as well, and not having productivity. So if you really look at Andrew McCutcheon's numbers and knowing that it's like a kind of lower risk contract because of the fact that he's up there in age and was willing to take a one-year deal. I mean, McCutcheon's numbers, even though, especially in the last month, he's really turned it on. I mean, for the year, he's in 253 with eight homers and six steals and a pretty decent on-base percentage. So, I mean, I think that's obviously, you would think you'd want a little bit more power out of the guy, but really he's been a pretty solid um Pretty solid all-around player and the veteran that he is. Um, so, yeah, I think the Brewers could have done a lot worse. And obviously, it's a very little risk in that contract since it's only a one-year deal. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I think he just fit the mold of what what the Brewers were willing to pay for the for the production and get it in a short term. I think was a key for him and not have to to, to sign some up. So. It really just goes back to when, when the Brewers did sign Christian Yelich, it was kind of like tagging him as a, our franchise player for the next eight years and that we were going to kind of build around him. And, and knowing that we had a really young pitching staff coming up, we were going to have a pretty much on the cheap. It really seemed to make sense at the time. Obviously, Christian Yelich, MVP, you know, days were 
Uh, I don't want to say that they're over, but it's hard to see him going back to the player that he was in those uh, that season and the season the following season. Uh, his first two years as a Brewer, where he um, put up phenomenal numbers. But with that being said, Craig Council has finally found a place for him at the top of the order as a leadoff hitter, and he's been really hitting well in the last month also, and I believe that that's the role that he'll continue to serve as a Milwaukee Brewers. I think he'll he'll find value there, and, and, and hopefully he'll turn it around a little bit. But, yeah, obviously it makes sense that the Brewers are not, you know, go out for one of those free agents. But what that's led us to is kind of have a patchwork offense when – the versatility of guys that we do have on the bench, like Jace Peterson, has helped us kind of keep this offense band bandaided together, so to speak. And with our good pitching, has allowed us to stay in first place. But I, it's obviously all Brewer fans know that the Brewers will have to acquire at least one bat. You would think here in the next couple of weeks, prior to the August fifth trade deadline, if we want to stay in first place going forward. Uh, do you agree with that, Scott? Um, you know, Stearns has come out and said that um, we're pretty much going to dance with who brought us. I think it's a total lie, but I don't know. Um, I I would like to think that we need at least one more bat for depth. I mean, especially now when we have, like, you have a DH, so literally, even if you have two guys that play the same position and they can both hit, you can still keep them both in the lineup. So it definitely allows for a little bit more versatility, and I think we have to. Um, I also would not be surprised at all if we get at least one more bullpen arm. I, I think that if you're in playoff contention, you should trade for a reliever, like no matter what. <laughs> so um, I, I would think that we would – hopefully get at least one no that makes perfect sense um and i mean you could argue that the brewers really could use more starting pitching depth too i mean right now we have jason alexander in the rotation and aaron ashby's you know looking like a rookie that he is um and obviously you have ethan small hanging around but he also would have to go through some pretty severe rookie growing pains and i don't know if a first place team can afford to allow him to do them as a starting pitcher. Um, oh. I mean, we already got TT. So what more do you want? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TT. I don't know. So, no, it, it wouldn't be. Who would you rather have, TT or Brett Anderson? Yeah. Brett Anderson. Your heart. <laughs> but, Brett crazy. Anderson from last year, I don't know. Brett Anderson off of his couch for the last four months wouldn't necessarily be better than Chi-Chi, but I mean, yeah, last year's version of Brett Anderson would have been better than Chi-Chi Gonzalez for sure, but anyway, okay. no. Brett Anderson or Gio Gonzalez? Gio Gonzalez? Didn't he officially retire? He did. Yeah, but you know, so. <laughs> I'm All right, so. I'm not saying we're going to get him. So in lieu of our normal rapid nine, as we're obviously missing a few of our hosts here, um, we're going to play a little game with potential trade targets for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, keep in mind, we're going to mostly focus on offensive guys for this little exercise, but um, I'll just start off each of these quote-unquote innings. We're gonna, I'm going to throw out a potential trade acquisition and – 
you can expound on on your answer a little bit um since this doesn't have to be rapid um <laughs> but uh oh, good you can start by by calling a hypothetical acquisition of said player as either a extra base knock which means you would be really excited about it uh, a single if you're just a little bit excited about it say a walk if you'd be like meh about it and a strikeout if you'd be against the trade for said player so okay hey but before oh yeah let, let, let's just start it off the first inning so um let's start it off with Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals second base slash right-handed hitting This is a tough one because honestly, that is um, about the biggest bat that I could see the Brewers potentially acquiring. So if I think that, that this is the top of the mountain, I would, I would say that that would be like a home run, right? Um, but I, I don't want to lead off with, with that. So I think there's some real potential home here. Runs not to come here for a couple years. Oh, okay. Well, extra base hit. All right, I'll, I'll actually say an extra base hit. I feel like I'm a little scared about doing that right off the bat because I don't know what else is next. But, um, but that would be as far as bats go. That's about as close as I think we're gonna get. Yeah. I don't think we'd be able to acquire him, but I'll just call it a single. I think it'd be, it'd move the needle, but he doesn't expect that much. All right. Third base slash, uh, I think you play outfield from the Cincinnati Reds, right-handed hitting Brandon Drury. Having a board Um, all-star numbers this year. Yeah. I'm going to say a single because um, Drury, I don't know. First of all, he's a brewer killer. Second of all, um every time like he's having a great year but he hasn't exactly shown a lot of that so far so um not saying that he's going to regress or anything like that but um yeah it'd be a nice get i'll say a single okay yeah i say a single too i'm kind of a fan but i I don't know i'm sure the reds will trade to us but and what, what we'd have to give up much from but yeah Drury. Okay. Um, third player here, first base slash outfield switch heading Josh Bell from the Washington Nationals. Um, I, I think I would say that would be an extra base hit also because, um, first of all, first base is still not our strongest position. He is a switch hitter, which gives him kind of some lineup versatility. I'm sure they would love that. So, yeah, I think that'd be a really good get. Yeah, I agree. Extra base hit. And he's probably one of the best names out there that would be in our range of affordability. Fortunately, I I have a bad feeling that we wouldn't be able to meet his trade value asking price, so to speak. So um, let's move on to the next – Outfielder from the A's, right-handed hitting center fielder Ramon Laureano. Oh man, see, this is another position of need for me, and um, 
we've been talking about him for a while, so I'd have to say, I'll have to still say an extra base hit. That would be a pretty good win for us. I should probably just say a single, but I'll say extra base hit only because I've been talking about him for a while. No, I also agree that that would be extra base hit. I think be obviously Keen stepping, basically retiring, Tyrone Taylor kind of being injured right now and not having much experience. I think targeting a center fielder would be pretty huge. And, uh, but Loriano, yeah, I was, I would call it extra. I said, I think adding him anywhere in the lineup would be nice. He's got some power speed and plays great defense in center field. There's not much you can ask for, for, for a player there. I, I don't know how much they'll cost, but I think we could possibly afford him. All right. Next free agent. I'm sorry, not free agent trade potential. Actually the next two are from the, Orioles. Let's start with this one. Anthony Santander, outfielder for the Orioles. Um, like, will it be sellers? I don't know, man. The Orioles are at five hundred now. They might like the they might like the idea of locking a couple of these guys up. Isn't that crazy? Orioles at five hundred this late in the year in that division. I'm proud of them. Um. I'd say a single. Um, Santander is a switch hitter. I'm going to call him a, a walk. I don't think he moves the needle much either way. He's a solid player, but he's someone I don't like. So it's a good possibility he would probably be our acquisition. It, that, that's usually what happens. But uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll see a walk with him. Uh, it doesn't really move the needle for our offense, I, I, I don't believe. All right. Up next, other – or. Uh, Fellow Oriole, Trey Mancini, outfield slash first baseman, just like Josh Bell, hit right-handed, has some pop. Uh, yeah, um, I'll give him a single. I mean, it, it certainly helps. It's a position of need. Um, he's a good hitter. You kind of know what you're getting at this point, so. Yeah, single. Yeah. Well, I'd actually give give him an extra base hit on him. I mean, I think he's a really solid header. He's 30 years old. Um, I'm going to give him an extra base hit. I'd be pretty happy with that acquisition, um, just based on the names that are out there. So, Okay, next. When uh, you said two Orioles, I thought you were going to say Mountcastle for one of them. But I'm pretty sure. it's like, oh, all right. Uh, it didn't come up. Definitely not available unless we're willing to give up one of our arms, which I, I don't want us to be. So. All right, next. This is kind of a change of scenery candidate. In fact, the next couple of ones, we're going to go over a change of scenery candidates from the state of New York. We're going to go over three of them. Let's start with the Mets. Up. Outfield slash first base, Dominic Smith. Um, I think there's some potential there, but I, I, I don't want to say like I, I guess I would just say like a walk. It's kind of like a meh because uh, to me, I don't know it. To me, I think of who would be a good change of scenery candidate for us. And I keep, and like, who has any value for us? And I think of like 
like a chest the hero type and i was just like he kind of reminds me of him in that like he like started off and was pretty good in his early years and then kind of leveled out and dipped a little so i don't know i yeah i'll say that i mean he's got yeah. all the talent but i just don't if he hasn't put it together by now i just don't think i don't know yeah, I mean, he is 27 years old, which means he could have a breakout or something, but uh, he's not having it. Uh, so I'm going to call it a strikeout. I don't think it would move the needle on. In fact, I'm not even sure if I would give up one of our current roster spots for him. So I definitely call it a strikeout. And it's crazy because he had a good year last year, but this year he's hitting 210 with no homers or no steals. And he actually got sent to the minor leagues for a period of time. So uh, I mean, I think he'd be available, but I just don't know where we even give him that bats. The fact that he plays also positions that we don't necessarily need corner outfield or first base or DH uh, that, that doesn't really do it for me either. So I'll, I'll go with, I'm not interested. So, all right. Um, moving on to let's a couple other New York guys. Now these are just change of senior candidates. Let's start with, let's start with Joey Gallo from the Yankees. Um. Doesn't he already have a big contract? No. He's actually in his no? last year of okay. contracts of his uh, somehow that's arbitration arbitration <laughs> ar- arbitration eligibility. He's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, that somehow that's even worse to me. Because I'd like someone who would be here to help us next year also. At least next year, because that's at least as long as like haters on our contract and like I don't know. I just think he has so much value to the team. But well, a lot of the, lot, most of the guys I'm mentioning are impending free agents, actually. Um, but not all of them. Not all of them. Dominic Smith, I think, has some control in Santander, too. But most of these guys are, are pending free agents. I know Mancini. Well, most of the guys I mentioned are pretty. But, yeah, Joey Gallo is also a pending free agent. So, All right. Joey Gallo. Okay. So. Hasn't hit for average lately. Uh, usually hits a ton of bombs, like swings for the fences all the time. He'll fit right in. So, <laughs> no, I don't need another Joey Gallo. I feel like every single one of our hitters is trying to do a Joey Gallo impression when they're there. <laughs> so what's your call on this? Um, uh, I don't want to say strikeout, though. Because, like, even getting Gallo, like, the problem is, is that we don't have time for these guys to figure it out. We don't, we can't just throw them out there and be like, all right, um, don't worry. You know, you have time to figure it out. Like, nope, nope. We need to win now. We like, all I keep thinking about is, oh, and this is Pools last year or whatever. And this is Yadier Molina's last year. So I guess St. Louis has to make the playoffs. Like, I, St. Louis makes the playoffs, there's a very real chance that the Brewers don't, and that can't happen. So, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to say meh. I'll say it's a walk for Gala. Alright. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a single, just because I think that he could flourish if he gets himself out of New York in a hitter's park with, like, Amfam field, field with a short right field porch, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I'll just... The other, also the reason I gave it a single over walk is because I think that he also has some experience in center field, so he'd give us some more value just based off how he fits in our lineup. 
I, I believe at least. Uh, so anyway, um, n- another change of pace, possible trade candidate out of the New York Yankees, and that's outfield slash third base, right-handed hitting Miguel Andujar. Um, I'm just going to say, meh. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a lot to add on this. I don't know. Like, well, I he is 20, like he is 27 year old, like Dominic Smith. He's 27 years old, ha- has had really like one season of success in the majors, just like Dominic Smith. He's right handed hitting, whereas Dominic Smith is, right, is left handed. I actually think he's got more potential than Dominic Smith. So I'll give him a single because I think he could flourish with every day at bats. Once again, I mean, he, he's kind of been derailed by injury and also just not having spots on the Yankees roster for at bats kind of almost like he's kind of like they're in limbo, like question, like where they had, they had some potential and promise for him, but really because of injury and lack of, production he hasn't had regular at bats to get himself back in the groove and prove himself so a change of scenery could help however if you ask me if i trade him straight up for Keston here i'd probably say no because i think Keston's got a slightly high, higher ceiling and is slightly younger but anyway yeah i'll give him a single because i think that could be an interesting ad and, and it might be in the realm of a out of left field type acquisition that stearns and company could pull off so i'll go with that okay um by the way, breaking news for only you and me, because by the time anyone hears this, they're already going to know, but the Brewers did beat the Twins. Wonderful. And if you're watching <laughs> and it's the all-star break, uh, it's, they, didn't, they didn't beat the Twins that night, but yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, still a two-game lead in first place for the Milwaukee Brewers as of this taping. All right. Okay. Here's one of your favorites, and currently on the Oakland A's, Second base, right-handed hitting, Jed Lowry. <laughs> um, I think that Jed Lowry is, like, I I think I said, like, he's the quintessential, like, Stearns player. Like, he plays everywhere, switch hitter. Like, I, I actually think he could bring some uh, good veteran leadership to this team and, um, that may that we may have lost when Kane left. So, um, I'm going to say single. It, it probably should be meh, but I'm going to say single anyway. I'll give him a walk. <laughs> he, he's just yeah, he's 38 years old, and he's anyway. Let's stick on. Uh, Another national. Let's actually start with a couple of another nationals coming up. We already did Josh Bell, second baseman Caesar. Juan Soto. Just kidding. Caesar Hernandez. Next. <laughs> so a walk. Yeah, I'll give it a walk. I'm not. I don't know. This would be okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just give him a walk, just same as you. Just he, he has, he had a nice year last year for the our Guardians or whatever they were called last year, <laughs> and um, this year he has no home runs in two forty one. Uh, yeah, I mean he's a right handed hitter and he, he could 
in no I'm not gonna move any needles um okay here. i kind of really want a guy who's having a good offensive year this year to add to our offense i mean obviously like i don't you know somebody could come here you know and have a good offensive season and then they could come here and just play like a piece of scope or whatever <laughs> um they could just right. have like a bad year before i get to the next guys Name one former brewer from any any position that's currently on another roster that you would like for the brewer that you'd be that you would want the brewers to reacquire. Jonathan Scope redeems himself. And no, <laughs> no, no, not him. Um, did you say any position, or were you looking for something specific? Yeah, in, in, any position, hitter, hitter, pitcher, reliever. Just uh, if you could add just magic wand, add one former brewer back to the roster. I mean, you obviously uh, you could pick someone who's not on a team like Brett Anderson if you want. Just a former brewer that could either be traded for or signed to help this squad make their World Series run? Who would you go for? Former Brewer. Do we have any fast former Brewers? Like, I feel like we need a little bit of speed, a little bit more speed on this team. Um, but I can't think of anyone. Not right. Segura, not VR. I... Let, me, let me just look, rattle off a bunch of former Brewers. You already mentioned a couple of them. In Segura, Jonathan Scope, obviously, uh, we've got Eric Sogard. What's he doing? No, Jesus Aguilar. I don't even know. Is he in baseball right now? I don't no. know. No, he's done. Nelson Cruz, <laughs> Jesus Aguilar, Garrett Cooper, Brad Miller, Dan Vogelback, Ben Gamble. Let's get to some pitchers: Wade Miley, Jordan Lyles, Jorge Lopez, Julio Chasin. The list goes on. Um, I, almost all of those would be strikeouts uh, by our previous rating system. <laughs> but um, I'd give a single to Aguiar. I think um, we're not that great against lefties, and I feel like he could um, help with that a little, right? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, for that same reason, I would give it to, and I called him a former brewer, but actually he was a former brewer prospect that we had traded. And that's Garrett Cooper, the teammate of Aguiar. Um, oh, yeah. Right-handed hitter, and he's hitting over 300 this year. He does have some power. Yeah. He absolutely murders. Yeah, that'd be amazing. He murders lefties, which is where the brewers kind of are, are failing right now and kind of the sole reason we brought in Mike, uh, wait, yeah, Brousseau. Or whatever. So I mean, Burke back. Oh, okay. Burke back. So anyway, uh, <laughs> well, getting getting back to our roundabout thing, let, let's go over a couple of these guys. Obviously, a lot of the guys that listed are just like meh, walk, strike out, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I don't want any part of Brad Miller. Obviously, Dan Gam one, Dan Vogel back aren't coming back and whatever. So, but anyway, let's let's focus on uh, let's talk about Nelson Cruz, right-handed batter who could probably only play DH though. Um, 
that definitely limits it, especially because, well, you, you have to have like one day a week where you give him a day off at least. And then you let McCutcheon DH that day or something. Cause I don't, I don't know that we can trot an outfield out there with Yelich and McCutcheon. McCutcheon's getting older. They were talking about how he wasn't even going to hardly play any outfield this year. And Yelich, while not old, has not a particularly uh, great outfielder at this stage of the game already. And he did get scrapped so, from today's game because of a bad back, which has, he's got a history of. So, Oh, great. All, all the reasons you mentioned, I, even though prior to the season, I would have been very excited about Nelson Cruz being added to the trade deadline. I, I just don't know that he's a great fit right now. But that being said, I'd say it'd still be a solid single because, I mean, he's – Super productive with the bat wherever you put him. Yeah. And he's a borderline Hall of Famer. So, I mean, what? Professional hitter. And I like, don't he had I cost mean, I, very much, both in salary or trade. So, I would say a solid single, but not an extra base hit. I'd be thrilled to have it. It would be very weird, though. It's like Kane leaves the team and then Nelson Cruz joins the team. Like, that's just, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, I don't. I don't think we can afford to give away our, our DH position, even if it's an up, bad upgrade like that. So Garrett Cooper, though, I mean, that would be as close to a home run as we could probably get. Uh, let's let's go. Yeah, let's go. Acquire. Let's go over him next. Then Garrett Cooper. So you're calling him extra base hit, and then yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I heard that the Yankees are also interested in him, so we'll probably have to pay up somehow to get him even, you know, in his walk here. Well, will the Yankees get him and Josh Bell? I mean, no. I guess they can't have both, right? So maybe we can get in on the other one. Seems like there are a lot of corner outfield slash first baseman on this list that we're rattling off. And But anyway, uh, we just need a bat no matter where we can stick in the lineup, really, besides just – solely dh but garrett cooper has outfield first base experience so i mean ideally we really need more center field depth to be quite honest and there's not very many guys on this list besides lariano that make that makes sense and i know more you know gallo or merrifield might be able to play some center but but i don't know so yeah i'd be excited unlikely extra base hit for garrett cooper for me as well moving on to jesus aguiar I think he's going to be available. The Marlins are going to be out of it, most likely. Right-handed hitting masher, but he's already been on the Brewers. Is he any better than Kesha Hira or Telez? What's your call on him, Scott? Um, well, the fact that he masters lefties is reason enough to have him. I mean, I I think that's really what we need right now because I don't know. I just don't, we haven't been able to, we haven't done a great job hitting lefties this year. We really need to shore that up. And I think, I think that would be a solid, like piece to the puzzle. If not Aguirre, just somebody, just some bat hits lefties. Bring Ryan Braun on in retirement. So where do you give him a single? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd be 
slightly excited if we acquired him. I mean, for the fact that I know that he can hit, like you said, he can he he is a he profiles in my mind as a number three or four hitter, and I feel that that's what we're lacking on this team. However, I'd rather just bring in some fresh blood, so to speak, and not regurgitate what we already know. Kind of is what he is, type of thing, and I just don't think he, he can't play anywhere besides first place or DH. So again, that really limits the versatility, which I know is a is valuable, especially come playoff time. So I don't know that he'd be the perfect fit, but I mean, better than nothing, so to speak. And I'm sure that uh, now that I've pretty much come to the end of my list here, I'm sure there are plenty of other team, other players out there that will be available or will even be traded and possibly whoever the Brewers acquire wasn't on this list, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I just think that we can't stamp hat and do nothing that we've got to add something to our offense. And like you said, we're likely to add some a bullpen arm or even a starter just to throw out a couple of names. I'd probably be available for uh, the bullpen. What we already mentioned, Jorge Lopez, who's, saving a lot of games for the Orioles, but I don't think that he's necessarily great. I mean, the the Diamondbacks have a couple of nice relievers, and Ian Kennedy or Joe Mantiply apply. Um, Daniel Bard is probably going to be available from the Rockies. Michael Fulmer from the Tigers. Um, plenty of bullpen arms from other teams as well. If you're looking at starters, someone like Michael Lorenzen from the Angels kind of intrigues me. Uh, Paul Blackburn is probably someone that will acquire it because it's someone I don't like. Let's see. Um, Hi, I actually I'd love to have him on our team. That'd be a nice basis for me. Or Chad Cool. <laughs> Damn it. Or Chad Cool of the Rockies. He'd be another strikeout for me. It'd probably be an extra base hit for you, Scott. Yeah, I. I just, At least a single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Brewers. What about um, um, also another bat? I think this one is a Brewer fanatic. Someone threw it out. I think like uh, Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, there's. I don't. Uh, well, well, we're going to be outbid for him. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I'd be absolutely shocked. Obviously, if we got him, he'd be an extra base hit. But I think that the the other teams that have a lot more in their farm system and are willing to part with it than us, like the Yankees or Dodgers or whoever, like, they're going to outbid us for him. So, unfortunately, that's more of a pipe dream acquisition, especially since he's under. Well, I completely agree. I just wanted to throw it out there because, obviously, it was brought up, and I think we should have a couple of those, like, moon and star signings. Like, I mean, when Lorenzo Cain signed with us, I was, like, be surprised, actually. Like, I didn't think that we'd be able to, to get him. I thought he'd have better offers, but apparently not. So, I guess it can happen once in a while, but fun to dream. I guess get, throwing out one more name out there as a change of scenery or or just an example of uh, you can acquire a somewhat quality player, but you wouldn't have to give up very much prospect capital to get him because you'd have to pay the rest of his contract, which is just ending this year, and that's Will Myers and the Padres. But you're talking about dealing with another contender that's also uh, in the same league as you. But he's owed 22 million this year, so he, uh, what you'd pay whatever two third if you acquire him just before August 5th, he'd just be paying two thirds of that. So basically, like 
or one, I should say one third of that salary, probably about seven, seven and a half million for the remainder of the, of the season of Will Myers. And I think there's a, he has a one year buyout for his contract option next year or something. So basically you're talking about eight million or eight to nine million just for two months of Will Myers, but you would have to hardly give anything up from, does that do anything for you, Scott? Um, I think to most people, it would probably be a meh, like a walk. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd give it a single. It doesn't, on one hand, I think, well, um, I really wanted a, I really wanted someone that could crush righties, but I also thought, I don't know. Will Myers bat on one hand, I feel like his bat isn't that great. On the other hand, probably be like the second best bat in our lineup <laughs> but no I mean no we we need offense so I'll say single yeah I, I don't think he's a great I, I've always player. been a Will Myers fan I, I think that he's he could with a change of scenery he could you know have a nice end of this he just seems like someone like last year's Eddie Rosario. If someone actually acquired him, he would like take off like gangbusters if he just got himself out of San Diego or something. But with that being said, I don't know if the owner would rather give up a couple prospects or more so over giving up $9 million for a couple months. But um, so we're likely we'll target someone else, but, but I'm sure the Padres would be open to moving him if someone uh, we're willing to go that route. So anyway, I just thought that that was an interesting name to throw out there, but I really think it'll just be someone complete. The names that we, a player or players that we do acquire here in the next couple of weeks will probably be somewhat surprising and maybe not even on this list, which you'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting. There's a, we went over a lot of names, but I just don't know. Like, we should probably do this for arms too. One of these weeks, like yeah, maybe, maybe when we get Vince back, maybe maybe next week. Obviously, we still have three more, three or four more weeks to the deadline. So yeah, I think there'll be some activity. And uh, arms are difficult though because I mean after like Hunter Strickland, like who's just terrible, and then he comes over here and he's just a world beater. And we just had like it felt like last year we just had no matter who it was, they were going to come out and pitch lights out. And um, I think that's one of the biggest differences between this year and last year is that like, you know how we kind of have a split um, where like when we're winning, we have, you know, Williams and Hayter and uh, you know, probably what combination of Gott and Boxberger, like those are our winners. Right. And then I guess Hobie Milliner is kind of a tweener at this point, but like, then when we're losing, we we don't let any of those guys pitch. And seems like last year when we were losing, even like anyone in our bullpen was really good. But this year, not so much. If you're not one of those like four or five guys in our pen, like if you're toward the bottom end of our pen when when we use you when when you're when we're losing, uh, they're not keeping the game particularly close. And there's a couple games that uh, we potentially could have snatched back but yeah that that bullpen's letting me down a little yeah sorry I just went off on a weird bullpen tangent but I, no, I, like I just this. thought about that like this week man it was, 
I don't know. All right, let's get back on topic. What are we going to talk about next? I'm going to wrap this one up for for this week. I guess let's let's just go over this week, Scott. We well, you let the cat out of the bag that the Brewers won the first game against the Twins. They're two games set, and then we end uh, before the All Star break. The so the so called first half with a four game set in San Francisco against the Giants. What's your prediction for the six games for this week? Um, this is really tough because um, the Giants play really good at home, and they they're not obviously as good as they were last year, but they're usually pretty solid. Honestly, I'd be I'd be thrilled with uh, even winning the first game. I would be thrilled if you told me. You're going to go on the road and take on the Twins and the Giants. Like, three and three is – I'd be I'd be okay with that. I'd be very happy with that. That's what I think it, it would be. Nice that we won one, though, already. Now it makes me think four and two, and it's definitely in the realm. But I'm going to stick with three and three. Yeah, I'm going to go with three and three as well, hoping for better. But, <sighs> yep. It'll be an interesting second. Great start, though. Looking forward to the, the All-Star Game festivities and the draft. It's quite a great week to be a baseball fan, if you ask me. So uh, let's hopefully finish off the first half strong and start off the second half in similar fashion. So stay classy, West Dallas, and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Damn it, man.